Let's do that hockey. You're listening to Dauber Prospects Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Harling, and welcome back to another edition of the World Junior Preview Showcase Special Edition that we're doing. This episode is going to be Team Russia. We're going to talk only about Team Russia, a preview heading into the 2020 World Junior Championships. And my guest for this episode is a first time caller, but I'm really pleased to be joined by Victor Fomich. You know him from such hits as the at Rush Prospects Twitter account, and he's a moderator on Hockey's Futures Board as well. Welcome to the show, Victor. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you, Peter. Hi, everyone. So glad to be here. <laughs> right on. Okay, so let's just uh, let's just cut right into it. Let's talk about Russia. They are one of the dominant teams every tournament. Uh, last couple of years, you got bronze. You got a quarterfinal loss, and then another bronze. Um, but I mean, you got to go a long way back to find where they, they they don't meddle on a regular basis. Uh, it's they're they're a little overdue for a gold. Their last one was in 2010 eleven. Uh, so I don't know, maybe this is their year. What do you what do you think overall? A, a quick overview of of their chances heading into this tournament? Well, I think uh, it is uh, fair to assume that the Russia, as always probably will be a medal uh, contender. Uh, well, you know, in junior hockey, it's uh, quite complicated to make, you know, uh, predictions like uh, this team is heading to gold or not. Uh, so I would say that uh, it's pretty realistic uh, that there is a, ch- a good chance for some medals. But yes, everything uh, could happen. Yeah, I mean, hey, single elimination tournaments are, are absolutely crapshoots who knows what can happen but you know on paper going into the tournament and history dictates that uh the rush is going to be there in in the medal games and uh I'm, I'm really excited to see what they can do uh so russia typically is a team that favors older players they don't really usually tend to bring young players i'm scrolling over what Elite Prospects has posted as their current roster, and there are plenty of cuts yet to come as they have, you know, 10 forwards, sorry, 10 defense and 15 forwards still on the team and three goalies. So their goaltending seems to be set. Uh, Plenty of cuts to come, but the youngest player on the team is draft-eligible prospect Yaroslav Askarov. And I think most people are pretty familiar with this player already. Uh, as he has been pretty dominant on the international stage when he's played. And as a 17-year-old, he's uh, he's even had a game in the KHL this season, which is very impressive. Um, there's been a little bit of, of chatter and debate. I took a little heat on Twitter for saying uh, I would consider drafting him third overall in this uh, upcoming draft. And some people are like, oh, no, you can't do that. You know, it's It's got to be Lucas Raymond or Tim Stutzel or or a number of people before you would draft a goalie. You don't even draft a goalie in the first round. I think that is a very narrow-minded vision. And from what I've seen of Yaroslav Askarov, I think he's every bit legit uh, and worth considering uh, up to third overall or definitely a top five or top ten kind of player. 
Um, as I mentioned, Russia tends to typically favor towards the older players. He was not invited for the Canada-Russia series that uh, wrapped up a few weeks ago. Um, however, I still think that he should be their starting goalie for the tournament. Uh, his competition, I think, is uh, Amir Miftikov, who did make Team Russia for the uh, the Canada-Russia series that just played out. And he looked pretty good there. Uh, he wasn't dominant. He didn't steal any games, but he was just good. Um, but he is two years older than Askarov. So after I've said all of that, I'm really interested and curious um, for your insight uh, starting in the goaltending position and the competition between those two and who you think will get the games. Yes, so uh, what what I can def- definitely agree is that uh, Askarov is probably one of the most intriguing uh, prospects on this team. Uh, I think a lot of, uh, uh, you know, he has been excellent basically uh, so far, basically everywhere he has played. Uh, uh, U18 level, he has been just great there, just dominant. Uh, going uh, to play against uh, pro players in the VHL league, uh, which is not a junior, which is uh, a pro league. Uh, uh, he has been very good there. And yes, he has recently has made a very impressive debut in, when, in the KHL. Uh, so basically what uh, currently we are looking for is uh, if he will be continue to be great uh, again and again, basically. Uh, Obviously, that yes, coach Valery Bragin, uh, he prefers uh, uh, ex- experience uh, also because uh, players at that age can be, uh, well, maybe psychologically, maybe not that, uh, let's say, not having that, that kind of stability and uh, right. the, and consistency and uh, for goalies, it is also very critical. So, yeah. Uh, Probably as the situation is now, so yes, as you mentioned, we have uh, already set uh, of uh, three goalies, uh, Askarov, Miftakov, and also Daniel Isayev. Uh, Isayev is likely to be the third one, uh, and um, it is expected that Bragan will let uh, Miftakov and Askarov uh, decide uh, who will be the starter, basically. Uh, uh, so probably they will be playing uh, like uh, one game each uh, and uh, yeah and just uh, at the end of the group round uh, the round robin uh, it will be uh, should be clear basically uh, for those who remember the situation last year we had uh, uh, also two goals uh, Kochetkov and uh, Tarasov so and uh, they basically yes they decided uh, between them who will be the starter in that way right uh, yeah and uh, coach Itkov was uh, in the end uh, uh, the guy they went uh, on with uh, as a starter and yes so i expect a similar situation to be uh, this year because yes askarov is uh, great like the great talent uh, yes he has huge upside but yeah those two years of difference still matters because uh, Miftakov still has a bit more experience. So yes, if uh, if uh, he won't uh, be able maybe to uh, show that kind of dominant performance as this level, Miftakov will be uh, the one who will probably ensure that uh, there's some still good stuff in goal. 
Right. And what's interesting about that is that he'll, I agree. I think he's going to, you know, let them let them players play and decide. But they're in that death pool, Group B, that consists of Canada, Russia, U.S., Czech Republic, the host country, and Germany, who are not to be taken too lightly. So, like, there's no night off <laughs> in this yeah. in this group. It's, yeah. it's all pretty steep competition. When you look at Group A, you've got Switzerland, Kazakhstan, Slovakia. Man, they're okay. Uh, but I think, you know, maybe Germany would be the, uh, the easiest game in, in this pool, but whew, that's going to be some, uh, some right out of the gate, some tough competition, pretty much no matter who they play. Uh, so that's a battle I'm really looking forward to watching. And, uh, I really hope Askarov wins the job and, and gets to play the lion's share of the game. Cause, um, I've seen Miftikov play and, uh, he doesn't really show up on my fantasy hockey radar, but, uh, Askarov is, is He's pinging hard on my fantasy hockey radar. I am all over this kid. Um, so that's that's goaltending. I think that is a absolute strength of the team for sure. Uh, maybe not the strongest part, but certainly not a liability. Let's go to the blue line and where I mentioned that they have 10 players still on the roster. So uh, a couple of cuts to come here. So if we start at the top and work our way down on defense. Number one defenseman uh, for... Russia in this tournament would have to be uh, Romanov, Alexander Romanov, and, and Yegor Zamula. Uh, so let's start with the guy in your backyard, Alexander Romanov. Playing in the KHL, four points in 33 games. Uh, what kind of player can we expect from uh, from Romanov? Well, first, uh, probably those points uh, should be taken, you know, with a bit of grain of salt, I'd say, because uh, he has uh, different uh, responsibilities, different roles in the KHL, uh, because he's playing on the KHL powerhouse uh, CSK Moscow, who are probably the the main uh, favorites to win the championship. And uh, so he is not exactly getting that... uh, first line and top power play duties like he is expected to get uh, on the junior team. Uh, So yes, and uh, that's what we are expecting. We're hoping that he will uh, continue his uh, uh, game from uh, the last year, basically, uh, where where he was, uh, well, great, (laughs) let's face it. Uh, So yeah. and yes, he is expected to be uh, probably the main uh, force on the blue line. Uh, yeah. Not, not only uh, one, because we actually, actually, I should uh, mention that probably this is uh, the well uh, year where we kind of, I'd, I'd say, unusually uh, don't have to worry too much about the D. Uh, at, at least on paper, because uh, there are quite some good names. And yes, uh, Romanov should be the leader of that uh, uh, crop of players. So, Right. So Romanov last year, to your point, had uh, a very impressive tournament for Russia, putting up eight points in seven games. Um, Montreal Canadiens fans will remember that. He's a Canadiens second round pick from the 18 draft, and he was lights out good in that tournament. And uh, right at the top of tournament scoring. Could be the leading defenseman in scoring for this tournament again this year. Um, so, yeah. So after uh, after Romanov, um, another player that I think uh, is having a tremendous season right now, 
uh, over here in, in North America is Yegor Zamula, who went undrafted um, and was invited to Philadelphia Flyers camp, signed as a free agent there. He's 6'3", 176. Um, so he's been in, in North America for a few years now, so you might not have had a chance to have any live viewings of him recently. But, uh, you know, he's a point-per-game player in the WHL this year. Uh, 28 points in 28 games. Did this, pretty much the same thing last season. Uh, 56 points in 61 games. So the upside on this kid is pretty good. Are you familiar with him at all? Well, I've seen him uh, play, but mostly uh, for the national team. Uh, well, back from those U18 days. And also right. recently I've seen him on the Canada-Russia uh, series uh, right. uh, of the games between the junior team and uh, the CHL teams. Uh, so, and uh, yeah, he was... Uh, quite good in i i liked his game and those two games he got uh, but uh, here uh, probably it will uh, depend on which kind of role will, will he be getting uh, because if for romanov is quite clear he will be the main guy for the power play and uh, the main puck moving guy uh, for Zamula, uh, it uh, can't be uh, assured so much because uh, there are some, as I mentioned, we have uh, a pretty good uh, defenseman in Krupp this year. So, uh, so yeah, it will a lot of uh, depend on how the coaches, uh, how they see his role. Uh, now, let me year. ask you something. Um, yep. A lot of the country's uh, politics plays a huge factor in uh, player selection. Um, so, for example, Canada, if you've got a choice between two players and all things being equal, the only difference is one player plays in the CHL and the other player plays in the NCAA, for example, uh, 10 times out of 10, Canada will pick the player that plays in the CHL over the player that plays NCAA. The NCAA player has to be significantly better than the CHL player to take a CHL roster spot away from Team Canada roster. Is there, would you say that's similar with Russia? I mean, Zamula is playing over in uh, in Canada. He's playing in the WHL. Um, does does that work against him in his his selection uh, process? Well, uh, in the ra- case of Russia, I think uh, this kind of uh, thing of uh, where the player uh, plays is uh, has more of a practical meaning because. Uh, obviously, coaches uh, will have uh, uh, much more time uh, to work with the players who are in La- in Russia. Basically, uh, CHL players have only those two games uh, of the Canada-Russia series to prove themselves, and uh, basically, and that's kind of quite a disadvantage. Uh, for example, we can see that. Uh, at least in previous years, a lot of guys were not invited to the main camp because they just failed to impress in those two games. So we have more of a practical disadvantage to players who play overseas. So yeah, and also probably uh, 
Islanders fans can remember Roslan Iskakov, who has who is playing in the NCAA, and uh, he he wasn't allowed, I think, by the CHL to play in that series, and now he's not on the camp at all. So yeah, that's kind of quite a practical disadvantage. But since Zamula has impressed, I think, and he was invited in the camp, I think uh, now it doesn't matter where he plays. Now it just matters how he plays right do, do you see him making the roster uh, i think yes he should be there and i uh, saw the practice lines uh, that uh, were uh, uh, i think in the practice couple of uh, days ago he is currently on the second pairing uh, so i think he has a very good chance nice uh, let's move down the roster and talk about who might be some of the other players there. I think those two were the only names that I kind of recognize as being slam dunks. Uh, some of the other players who, who Dauber Prospects have ranked a little bit higher would be a couple of Daniels. Um, Daniel, and here's where I'm going to need some help with the pronunciation. Uh, Monsieur and, and Zhuralov. Yeah, I, no, I can't say that. I can't okay, say okay. that. <laughs> Uh, uh, yes. Would you say that these guys would be strong contenders for the roster as well? Who are the locks out of the 10? Well, Zhuravlev is definitely because he has also played last year. He is uh, one of the returning players. Uh, he has plenty of uh, Kishel ice time and uh, is doing good there. Uh, he is, okay, maybe he is expected to be more like in shade of Romanov, probably on the same pairing, but uh, more with uh, defensive, uh, as a defensive-minded guy. But uh, he also uh, uh, is a very good player. He can uh, uh, move that back and uh, contribute uh, in the offensive uh, ends too. Uh, and uh, he is very reliable. So, yeah, I think that the Avalanche fans should be glad that he is uh, the prospect of that organization. <laughs> So, All right, so great defenseman, but not quite the same sort of fantasy upside because he's defense yeah, first, exactly. would you say? Right, okay. Yes, yes that's what I mean. Uh, so probably won't put a lot of, of points. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think obviously, yes, from fantasy perspective, it might be not uh, too great, but I think uh, that should be uh, something for uh, Avalanche fans to, to worry about. Uh, yeah, and uh, as about the missile, I think uh, he has, actually has a very solid uh, fantasy uh, upside, I'd say, uh, because uh, there's a good uh, chance uh, I think he could be the on the second power power play unit i think uh, at least from what i saw in those games uh, uh, previously for the junior team he was uh, uh, playing in that role so i think there's a good chance he could uh, gather some points uh, and uh, Obviously, uh, can uh, can have a very sol solid impact uh, in uh, oh, the game itself, not only points, because he's a guy who can, who loves to play physical hockey, and uh, he can dominate uh, physically. 
So yeah, but yes, this is also something that uh, not always is uh, uh, reflected in points. So we'll see how how it goes. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I'm looking at his uh, profile on Elite Prospects right now, and yeah, it's 71 penalty minutes in, in the NHL last year, uh, which is not insignificant. And uh, looking at the, the roster overall on defense for Russia, um, size-wise, they're, they're pretty big. They don't have too many little guys. So the only two players they have that are under six foot uh, is Romanov and uh, Anton Malyshev. Um yeah, Everyone else is, is 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 over six feet, so that's a pretty big defense they got. Well, Romanov, I actually think that those measurements are quite outdated because he's big, he's strong. Uh, I, I don't believe he's under six feet, actually. Nice. Nice. Even better. Yeah. And as for Maroshev, he might be not big, but he's a real gym rat, so he's full of muscles. So about he's also quite physical. So yeah, we have quite strong guys there. Right on. Okay, so would you say that these four then would be the the top four defensemen that we've talked about? Uh, Romanov's uh, Zamula, Misul, uh, and Shuravev. Yep, that one. Yeah, I think uh, that's a good chance. Uh, obviously, you know, uh, uh, it's not guaranteed that they will be like uh, playing on the uh, two pairings, but I think the first pairing is pretty much set. It's Romanov and Shuravev. Uh, so, uh, but uh, as for other pairings, uh, there can be like uh, uh, different combinations. But yeah, uh, Miso should be there, and I think uh, Zamula also. Uh, also, we have uh, solid guys in uh, undrafted uh, defenseman Daniva Galenyuk. Uh, so, uh, and also the mentioned uh, Anton Malashov, and I think that uh, it is a good. Uh, there is a good chance that this will be like top six. Nice. All right. So, I think Russia is really well known for their offense and skill first. So let's move up onto the forward ranks, and um, returning forward who dominated last year, uh, Grigory Denisenko. Uh, was at the top of the tournament scoring last year. There's no reason to believe he won't be there again this year as a 19-year-old this time. Uh, how's he How's he looked this season in the KHL? Well, Denisenko, uh, uh, he is the type of player that has just great uh, attacking upside. Uh, but... Uh, uh, the consistency is not o- always there, and if you remember last uh, year's tournament, he was a bit uh, not performing uh, so great in the first games, but uh, as the tournament went on, he uh, finally found uh, his game, and he was on the line with uh, Kravtsov and Kostin, uh, which obviously also helped, as, as they are quite uh, good uh, attacking players uh, and uh, so but yeah there will be a different kind of responsibility on him this year so it is uh, important that he would uh, handle it uh, well and uh, but yes I can definitely agree that he is uh, probably the most uh, uh, offensively gifted player on this team so hopefully he can capitalize on his talents. 
Yeah, he he should project it to be on their uh, on their first line and and get some yep. some power play minute. Um, another another player that I think will will draw a lot of eyes, uh, especially here in Canada on the West Coast, is Vasily Podkolzin, who's a high draft pick in the the 2019 draft here in Vancouver. Uh, so Canucks fans were super excited, and uh, I saw him play live for the first time in the Canada Russia series here just recently. And I thought he was good, but okay. Didn't stand out. And in the games with uh, in Quebec, where Russia added a couple players from the QMJHL and Alexander Hovanov uh, and Yegor Sokolov and um, uh, not Zagadulin, the Calgary Zagorodny, thanks. Um, those guys really, really out, outshone um, Pod Colson. Uh, how's, I don't get a chance to watch a lot of KHL games. Um, how, how's he, how has he played this season? Is he, has he played the majority of his games in the KHL or is he playing in the VHL more? Uh, he's more in the VHL, but yeah, uh, I think the whole question, yes, that everyone is asking, like he's number 10 pick and why he isn't producing much. Uh, but uh, first, I think we should remember that, yeah, let's start for, uh, from the point that he's still a year younger than most of the guys out there. So he's 2001 born. Uh, uh, so, and uh, also, uh, he is the type of player who is not exactly, you know, he's not uh, Kravtsov, he's not Denisenko, not that kind of uh, offensive dynamo. He's a real engine of his line. He he can uh, produce, he can uh, play two-way game. Uh, and uh, But yeah, people probably are expecting a lot of points for, from him and he uh, may be... Uh, feels that and uh, there's some additional pressure on him and maybe he has a bit of an issue to handle it uh, at, at the current point but he still gives it all uh, in game in game out he uh, always uh, plays uh, uh, two way this two way game the complete game uh, and uh, always is a coach's kind of guy uh, to rely on uh, in the critical moments of the game. So I'm currently not too worried about the lack of production. Uh, I think uh, I think it should come. But again, uh, we should remember that uh, he is not the type of player who I know will be probably like point per, ga- per game uh, in some of the leagues. Uh, he is more like a great two-way player. All right, and this will be his uh, second World Junior Championship as well. He played last year, uh, so he's a returning player. So he made the team as as a youngster, as a draft eligible, which I said is, is kind of rare. And if not mistaken, he's still young enough that he could come back next year, right? He's, he's only exactly. 18 right now. Wow, exactly. that's... So this might not even be his best World Junior performance in his career. Like, what do you think his deployment will be? Because um, obviously, if he's playing in the KHL, he'll be getting limited minutes. Um, where do you think he does he get like a prominent top six kind of role on this roster, or is he going to be maybe more in the middle? Well, probably more like uh, middle six because, because uh, the concept that uh, Coach Bragin is usually applying is like uh, 
the top line uh, to middle six lines and the basically maybe not correct to call it the energy line but uh, the, let's say more like defensive uh, minded uh, line so yeah i think he will be uh, on the one of those middle six lines right wing uh, so obviously it will depend uh, his ice time and role will depend on how this uh, his play will be going how successful will will he be and again that's something that we will see of course right right okay so uh a couple more players i want to talk about and we just kind of mentioned as well the the challenge of players making team russia when they don't play for a russian team and they're in north america and looking at the forward list there are three players uh on the forward ranks that are playing in the QMJHL. So they're in the CHL. Uh, that would be Yegor Sokolov, Alexander Hovanov, and Nikita Alexandrov. So Hovanov and Sokolov, particularly Sean, for Russia at the Canada-Russia series. Um, do you think that these guys played their way onto this roster based on the strength of that tournament? Well, I think... Again, they get a very good chance to be on the final roster. Uh, so probably uh, I sh- should explain a bit overall uh, situation on our attacking lines. Uh, okay, maybe it's just will be just my opinion, but I think that this year is one of the years uh, when we actually don't have uh, a lot of uh, attacking firepower. Uh, of course, we have Denisenko, we have some good names, uh, but. Uh, uh, for this, uh, like basically middle six, basically top nine concept that uh, uh, is planned by coaches, uh, there might, might be a bit of uh, attacking player deficit, uh, and that's why uh, I think all, the, all those players will be uh, extre- extremely uh, needed and required to perform at their best. Uh, so yes, of course, there will be those uh, pre-tournament games where uh, probably uh, they will have the chance to fail <laughs> also, but I hope obviously they won't. But uh, yeah, I think they got they are in a good position to make the final roster, uh, especially probably uh, Alexander Hovanov uh, because uh, he he's a, actually a very talented uh, guy. Uh, Despite mm-hmm. maybe not a high uh, draft pick, uh, draft selection, uh, uh, he at some point was considered in the same tier as uh, Denisenko and also Andrei Svechnikov. Uh, probably uh, you heard about that guy. So mm-hmm. oh, he, he had, uh, Hovanov had uh, quite uh, hard times uh, dealing with uh, injuries and illnesses. So, but yeah, it, we still hope that he will be one of the leaders uh, and possibly the top center uh, this year. But yeah, we'll yeah, see. he's a if if Russia's looking for offense, he might be their one of their absolute go-to guys. I mean, last year he had over a point a game, seventy-four points in sixty-four games with Moncton. This year he's got uh, almost two points a game, fifty-three points. In 26 games, he's got 20 goals in 26 games. And like I said, in in the Canada-Russia series, he was dominant in those games. I Uh, can agree with that. Yeah. So he'd be, I'd be absolutely shocked if if he wasn't there. And he's got some international experience with with Russia as well. Um, So 
I would almost consider him to be a lock for the roster. Yeah, I agree. I agree definitely. If he is uh, not injured in some way in the last moment, uh, right. then he will be there. Right on. Uh, okay, so let's let's talk about that uh, offensive punch that they're they're going to be looking for. A couple other players they might uh, turn to for that would be, in my opinion, Kirill Marchenko and Pavel Dorofeyev. Uh, am I overlooking anyone? Uh, well, probably should also uh, mention about uh, Ivan Morozov, uh, Vegas Golden Knight prospect, uh, and maybe uh, like last but not least, there is. Uh, uh, Columbus prospect uh, Dmitry Voronko, who probably also is uh, will be in the top nine, uh, somewhere there in the top nine positions. Uh, so, but yeah, probably Marchenko and Dorofeyev has uh, have a lot of uh, offensive potential as well. Uh, and uh, it might be that uh, Marchenko is actually uh, something that uh, Morozov and Paul Kozen uh, were missing at the Canada Russia series because uh, he can play, you know, uh, he can be both uh, very creative and he can uh, be very good at uh, uh, the finishing part. Uh, and uh, actually, I felt that this is something that uh, Podkosin and Morozov, who played uh, on the same line uh, in the Canada Rush series, they uh, were missing. And yes, Marchenko is expected to be the third guy. He's the left wing. Uh, so, and uh, they have a lot of experience playing together as they are from the same KHL organization. Uh, so, if that line will be clicking, I think uh, Marchenko will get some good points and goals. What, what are you predicting their their top two forward lines to look like? Well, it's uh, uh, not an, exactly an easy question because uh, uh, probably yes, the top guy will be Denisenko, and the top line will be where he is. Uh, so likely his uh, center will be uh, uh, Alexander Hovanov uh, because again they played uh, together a lot in the U18 days and even earlier than that. Uh, uh, and uh, as for the third guy. Uh, in, in the recent practice, uh, they tried Nikita Alexandrov there, uh, as he is uh, good at the two-way game and uh, can play some, uh, can add some physicality maybe there. And uh, so maybe they will go with it. But again, uh, those pre-tournament, pre-tournament games uh, will show. Mm-hmm. So uh, Yeah, I think Pod Colson, do you think he could be a, a candidate for that uh that position as well he's he could play yeah, the right but... he could play the right side and uh he's got a great two-way game and uh he's really good at puck retrieval in the offensive zone yeah he's as i mentioned he's the real engine uh anywhere where you put it he'll give out uh, the but a huge amount of work and uh, his work rate is just just something else, but yeah, but probably uh, he is currently looked at as uh, one of those middle six, probably second line, uh, right? Uh, because as I said, uh, that uh, line uh, of Marchenko, Morozov, and uh, Podkosin has a lot of experience of playing together. Hopefully, that uh, they can do that uh, quite good, uh, and uh, yeah, I think the uh, coach will. 
for now, at least again, when we are entering those pre-tournament game phase, uh, at least uh, he will look at that line as a potential second line. Right on. Uh, is there any other prospects on uh, this this roster that we haven't talked about that you think uh, could have some sort of breakout tournament or players we really need to know? Well, uh, actually, I think we are talked almost about everyone, but but. I actually uh, think that there will be uh, some breakouts, uh, but I can't really predict. Uh, you know, uh, that's one of the things why I think uh, why Coach Bragin is actually quite respected in uh, hockey and obviously in Russia too, because he can uh, find some right approach to to a right kind of player who can uh, show himself in some uh, way that uh, basically he didn't uh, didn't show before. Maybe you can remember last year uh, there was Kirill Stepets who was drafted by the Hurricanes uh, after that. Uh, and uh, he was, you know, kind of a player with a couple of uh, red flags and uh, maybe not exactly hardworking, but uh, again, coach found the right approach to him and uh, he was just lights out uh, at that uh, tournament and uh, while he was actually playing uh, at the fourth line. So, yeah, if, and if we're talking about the fantasy perspective, it's quite a motivation, I think, for fantasy guys to make a guess uh, on yeah, man. those kind of guys. Absolutely. He got he helped get Kirill Schleppitz drafted, uh, not only in the a NHL, but uh, on my own fantasy roster as well. I drafted him in, uh, I think it was the third round of our fantasy draft. Uh, I really liked what I saw from him uh, in the tournament last year. I thought he was just absolutely lethal, shorthanded, uh, with speed and you know wheels to burn. And that's... That's a that's a spendable commodity in the NHL these days, um, so I can see why. Yeah, maybe one of the candidates, if I need to throw some names, uh, could be Zachar Shablovsky. Uh, I saw a couple of games on him. Yes, he he was like uh, had his ups and downs in the Canada Russia series, but uh, in the end of the day, I think uh, in the games against the VHL, he was looking very good and. Uh, could be uh, well that could be one of the names but yeah actually also uh, you mentioned uh, uh Vegas prospect he is currently coaches are like finding uh, trying to find uh, the right spot on the roster for him uh, because uh, he is obviously has the this top six talent uh, but yeah you need to make those lines uh, clicking and uh, if uh, for example he in some tournaments he played on the top line with uh, Denisenko. Currently, as I already mentioned in the practice, uh, they separated them, but st still there is a good chance that he will get uh, some solid uh, attacking role. So yeah, and he has this attacking skill set. So, so even in the, the third line, he can gather those points. I think he got what it takes. Again, if that line will be working and clicking and uh, uh, definitely there will be good linemen uh, good linemen it's uh, like Dmitry Voronkov and probably uh, Igor Sokolov uh, 
so yeah, all those names uh, in the right uh, circumstances, and if they will get their game going, they can uh, they can be quite good at uh, attacking gate, and not only, of course. Yeah, yeah, uh, Russia. They know how to score traditionally, and uh, every year going in, there's a lot of players that I I, I don't know of, um, and come out of the World Juniors knowing all about them because they scored a lot of goals against Canada. So <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to learning some more about some of the players I don't know and, and getting a, a better handle on some of the players that I do know uh, and scouting for my fantasy hockey team. Uh, Victor, thank you so much for uh, giving me some time and coming on and giving us uh, your insight um, to Russia and a preview of of what to look for at the World Junior Tournament. Uh, thanks again so much for coming on. Uh, you guys can follow Victor on Twitter at Russ Prospects, capital R-U-S, and then Prospects, all one word. Uh, he's a tremendous source for firsthand <laughs> prospect Russian information. And uh, as you can tell, his English is fantastic. And uh, his pronunciation of Russian player names is flawless, unlike my own. So <laughs> You're doing pretty good at that, too. <laughs> Don't worry. I oh, just need to <laughs> practice a bit with Zhuravlev. Yes. <laughs> oh, he, he, needs, he needs to not be fantasy relevant, and I'll be just fine. <laughs> Uh, Victor, thanks so much for coming on. That's it for this episode. Uh, we got a couple more. We've already got a couple that are out right now. I just posted the uh, episode for Finland, so that'll be up. USA went out on Wednesday, so those two episodes are up. As soon as I'm finished talking to Victor, I'm going to start recording uh, with um, Jimmy Hammerin from McKean's doing a preview of Sweden's roster. And then later on tonight, I'm just burning the midnight oil. I'm going straight through. We're going to talk Canada with Steve Ellis from the Hockey News. So uh, I hope you're enjoying these World Junior previews and uh, that you have a great holidays. And even more importantly, you enjoy the World Juniors and find some top prospects for your fantasy hockey teams. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Thank you, guys. Bye.